$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're going to latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on our Discord. It's called Off the Floor. It's $2.99 per month. That's where Heat fans chat with each other, but they also chat with us. They get updates from us. They can comment on anything related to the Heat, the NBA, or beyond. So check it out, Off the Floor. The link is right here on the YouTube channel description, also on the podcast description, and pinned to the top of the Five Reasons Sports Twitter page. And now we're doing a second one of these. If you listen to the other one, this one you'll actually be able to hear. We don't have the audio perfect, but it's better than it just was. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor again. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick, and follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We come to you in the evening after a few things happened. One, we had a watch party at Rock Esports uh, Gaming Lounge, which was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, we can report to you right now that Alex did not win, but he did beat Brady in the semifinals. So that's the big moment. Also, Brady beat me. We're not going to comment on the two teams that we played with. Um, I played with the 2012-2013 Heat, and he played with the current Detroit Pistons. Anyway, we just did comment on it. Also, Miami Heat lost. They lost their sixth straight game, this one against the New York Knicks, 125-109. to we did a podcast earlier. We had some audio issues. We decided that we would like you to actually be able to hear us. And so Alex and I are going to go through all of this stuff quickly, kind of what we learned today and where this thing is going. Because as Greg has said on the podcast that he's done, this is about as bad as it's been in the Jimmy Butler era. And we're not blaming Jimmy Butler for today. He had 28 points. He had 11 in the first quarter. My concern is this, Alex. 
and we'll go through again some of what went wrong today, is that we keep saying, okay, if this happens, they'll get out of this. If this happens, they'll get out of this, right? So first it was, okay, go get a point guard who can attack the basket, make some plays that way. They did that, right? They haven't won since they've gotten Terry Rozier. Not all his fault, but it has not led to victories at this point. And we saw Jalen Brunson, remember point of attack stuff? Jalen Brunson went nuts on them again today. Then we said, okay, if Tyler Hero plays off the ball more, well, he's doing that. Like he's not having great success with it in terms of his efficiency, but he's gotten off the ball more often. If he takes more threes, he's done that. Then the other thing was, okay, if Jaime Hawkins comes back, right? Well, they were one and five without him. He played today, didn't make a huge impact except for one play, which will probably be our insurance by Lynette play of the day. And we'll get to that in a second, but otherwise was not as impactful as he's been. And it just didn't make a difference for them. But the big thing that we've talked about is Jimmy Butler. And the idea being, if Jimmy leads, they will follow. Well, that happened for about a quarter. And then it stopped. He had 28 points. So there's one guy we haven't talked about a whole lot. And I know we're going to get into him. But at this point, like, what is the next thing? Where do we go? The next thing is there is no thing. It's not one thing. It's not one thing. And I think, and you're saying the same thing as me. So I'm not saying like against you, but like in general, I feel like that kinds of, that kind of ends up being where a lot of people go is they try to find the one thing and it just isn't, it's too, there's too many problems for it to be one thing. And that's why I felt that even if you did trade for a helpful upgrade at point guard, it wasn't going to solve their problems. And, you know, not, not to say hashtag Alex was right. Shout out eternal. But I do feel like it, you know, of course, it hasn't solved their problems. And not only that, like you said, they haven't won a game since they traded for him. This whole thing is a little bit all over the place. I don't know where their identity is. They're not the defensive first team that we thought they were going to be. I mean, remember that episode we did over the summer when we kind of projected their offense and their defense? And I think Brady and I both had the heat as a team that was going to be solidly in the top seven or top five all season long in defensive rating. They just have not been there. They have not been there. They've been closer to average you know sometimes they have good nights but it's it's been very very inconsistent and and there's inconsistency on defense throughout the games like you saw tonight they um you know the heat what, what ended up deciding the game was you know you had the, the decent first quarter which is kind of back and forth you were up after that get you got outscored by 13 in the second had a nice third quarter brought it back and then in the fourth quarter right back to the same fourth quarter issues you got outscored again by 13 and to me like I feel like this whole blueprint is a little bit messed up this season because in the playoffs, we know what it is. It's Jimmy Butler is going to scale up his responsibility. Everybody else falls into place after. And I think that's where my optimism has lied throughout the season because it's like, okay, when it all matters, they seem like a more dynamic roster on paper because like I've said before, you're you're going to be replacing three guys in your rotation in your playoff rotation of Lowry, Max, and Gabe with Rozier, Hawkes, and a returning Tyler Hero. So when you say it like that, it's like, yeah, they have more to rely on in the playoffs so that it doesn't just have to be, you know, Jimmy go crazy because it, let, let's say Jimmy Butler is not the, you know, he doesn't play at that level. The problem is that's not the build in the regular season. In the regular season, it's like inverse. You have Tyler and Bam trying to be players or not. And I, and I appreciate what Tyler did today trying to play off ball. He still, you know, he didn't have a great game, um, but I, I did a appreciate him trying to get stuff going there because I just think it makes it easier for everybody. Um, I don't think Bam had a particularly great game. Rozier didn't have a great game, but I did feel like he was starting to 
play his game a little bit more than we've seen in, in the first couple of games, there's a lot to be ironed out. It's it's not one thing. That's what I keep coming down to. They had a, a really bad um, mid-range game, which is very weird for them. They, that's where they're usually very reliable. And, you know, actually got shots at the rim and finished at a pretty decent rate and actually did pretty well in transition today. So, and and that is with Jimmy playing really well. So today was kind of opposite day, right, when it comes to the Heat regular season because good in transition, good at the rim, good Jimmy game, everything else was off. I, I think, and the main thing is the defense, right? Because it's like, guys could have bad shooting nights, but the defense is just not where it's supposed to be, man. And I really don't think they have a shot at getting far if they're going to be rolling out this inconsistent defense where the point of attack is messed up and all these different coverages you're throwing out are not being executed well, no matter the coverage. So, yeah, all that is to say, it's not one thing. Well, the, the defense, um, and I keep making this point, the, the defense was there to keep them in games until the offense figured it out. Like, that was their formula last year. Like, defend well enough to get it to the final five minutes, win the clutch game, because you shot your free throws really well, and Jimmy made enough plays down the stretch. Like, that that's how they won when they won. Now. They didn't win a ton during the regular season, and they were trying to change that this year. And that's why Spolscher was talked about seeding so much, because they don't want to have to dig themselves out of that hole. But they're digging themselves that hole. Like, they have fallen pretty significantly behind the Knicks now and Cleveland. And so we talked about that that pocket of teams beyond the top three. And if you're not going to uh, be ahead of those two, then you're falling to six, and then you, you may end up at seven or eight. And but it's not even about that now. It was okay when we're talking a week up right now. It's just about saving this thing. It is about finding some kind of identity which they have not found yet. And I'm going to get to the Rocky Sports Gamer here in a second. But after that, you know, I want to get into somebody else we haven't talked about a whole lot because it isn't just one guy. And I do feel like the the fan base has been focused on Tyler. We focus or I focus a little bit more on Jimmy. And I want to get to some of the comments from Jimmy's friend, even though. I've said to downplay what friends and family say because it doesn't necessarily speak for the player, but they, he has got one friend who's so loud about this stuff right now that it's almost it's hard to ignore. So I will get into some of those comments here in a second. I do want to mention the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night. A little bit different today because uh, we experienced this the, this place today and it was wild. Like that, I mean, it was full, <laughs> uh, and we appreciate John Ortiz and his entire crew for hosting us for the watch party and also. For the 2K tournament, also this is Miami's first esports center and lounge. It's right there in Palmetto Bay, uh, just south of University of Miami. Plenty of parking. That's a big thing in Miami. They brought in great food today as well. They got a bar. I even got my M&Ms for the road. Okay, so check it out. Rock Esports Lounge. You mentioned five reasons you get five dollars off playing all day, which is typically twenty-five bucks. They'll take good care of you there either way. But again, we had a good time there today and. Uh, Congratulations to Brady, excuse me, to Alex for beating Brady and Brady for beating me. Um, the Rockies congratulations to Jose, by the way. Jose, who has now won two in a row. Somebody's got to go down there and challenge him because uh, he, he's... Oh, come on. No, Don't do me like that. Somebody's got to go down there and challenge him. Um, Rocky Sports Gamer tonight, Jalen Brunson, has to be Jalen Brunson. And he's been great against Miami. Like, I mean, he was great against Miami in the playoffs last year. So Candace Parker said something ridiculous about... I'm not raising his level in the second round. The, the, the Heat know how good he is. Um, and he was again. And again, they didn't have an answer. And that is a slight concern because they did bring in Terry Rozier, not specifically for defense, because we know that Terry has struggled a little bit in Charlotte defensively compared to where he was in Boston. But he was supposed to be enough better than Kyle that 
you could defend with your point guard at times. And really, Brunson killed everybody today. I mean, Rozier, Highsmith, Martin, Butler, it didn't matter. He was the best player on the floor. And as good as Jimmy was today, Jalen Brunson was the best player on the floor. And he's the Rock Esports gamer of the night. Um, Rozier, I'm just going to hit on him quickly and then get off of him because I want to get I want to get to Bam. I, look, Terry Rozier has not been efficient in the three games they've had him. He shot under 35% in all three games. We are seeing some of the skill set. Like, he gets to the rim consistently. The, the play of the game, uh, well, the second play of the game, after the one we're going to give it to, was in the third quarter. They had a tic-tac-toe play where all five guys touched it uh, with their starting lineup, and it finished with Rozier getting it to Bam for a dunk. And that's the kind of stuff we weren't seeing from their point guards earlier in the season. They've also basically shut down Josh Richardson at this stage, at least for now. He was the odd man out of the rotation today. We'll see if that continues. But it does look like Spolster's trying to find just combinations that work without pulling Tyler from the starting lineup and starting Duncan. Duncan was probably their second-best player today, and I thought he benefited from Hawkes being back out there because just like Duncan has a natural connection with Bam, he seems to have one with Hawkins because Hawkins cuts off the ball. And I thought Jaime, again, was okay today, uh, but he'll get more, more into rhythm as they go forward. But I want to focus on Bam here a little bit, and, and I'm going to get to some comments here. And, again, I, I preface this by always saying friends don't always speak for the players, and nor do family members, et cetera. But I tweeted today, which was a compliment, okay, from the Five Reasons account. After the first quarter, Butler sets the tone. If he's aggressive like he was in the first, they play off him. If he's not, they stand around and look at each other. So this comes in from Ernie the Man. Um, if you followed him for a while, you know he and Jimmy are legitimately close. Like this is not a this is not a fake friend or anything like that, or somebody trying to latch on for for uh clout. Poor the other day. Right. And he's been tweeting a lot, actually. He was at the game, he's at courtside all the rest of this, but he's gotten more and more specific lately uh and consistent about his complaints okay uh and so he, he quote tweeted i'm just curious if you all even watch the games well we do we watch everyone the plays and sets this is in capital letters the plays and sets aren't ran for him six exclamation points is it not obvious today they had no choice against boston he was just sitting in the corner coaches try to get someone else going so bad that it messes up the whole team now, here's where the fan base goes. A bunch of people tweeted at him that he must be talking about Tyler. And he made it clear that he wasn't talking about Tyler. In fact, he said here in his response to one, because it was tweeted out by Barry, um, and we can't get around this. He's about to drop to 5-10 and 10 when Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler are all playing together this season, the 31-35 since the start of last season. So he tweeted, somebody tweeted that, to Ernie, and Ernie tweeted, I think the problem is very obvious. It will never get fixed or addressed, so it is what it is at this point. And, of course, the next response was all about Hero, okay? And he, he responded, I don't think Hero is the problem on offense. I actually liked what he did today, spot up and shoot more, which we, we've noted that. Pick his spots. Maybe they get that Hero-Terry rotation work undersized but can play good together. Maybe also, yes, they need a big, bad, a good, big two. And then he got more specific as they go forward. So I'll just ask this question and we'll get off of the topic of what friends are tweeting on. Have we given Bam a pass? I would say probably. I would say he, he does skate a little bit with us and people will mention that sometimes we, we, we see the comments, we see the comments. And I think, 
maybe some of that is just like a natural reaction to knowing the impact Bam has despite bad shooting games. And I think a lot of people would understand that, you know, as opposed to a guy like Tyler who, who does get a lot of heat. But like I was saying earlier in the show, it's not one thing. So I, I, for as much as people have been wanting to blame him and, you know, I've been one of those people who who has been talking about how I think he should slightly adjust his game and play more off ball and incorporate just more off ball movement to make it easier on himself and the team. And I still feel that way. And I've seen some more of it recently, including today. I like all that. However, the thing with because I'm, I'm going to include him and Bam together here because I do think they're, they're both kind of in, in, uh, in similar situations when it comes to what's happening this season. I think there is something to what Ernie's talking about there where not because I, I agree with you. It's not it's not all on Spo, but, you know, Jimmy is not fully engaged during the regular season and especially during this part. We know that. But there is something to be said about their offense and a lot of the stuff being run is for Tyler and Bam. And not not only for them, of course, but anybody who's watching these games can see that a lot of the times that, you know, the action is run. And then, you know, if there's no opening, which there isn't a lot of times, um, it'll it'll kind of just um, divulge into into mid range one on one type of basketball. And I think that's where Tyler and Bam both really like to settle when things get tough, which is fine. You know, them getting to their spots is fine. The problem is there's like an over I, I think an overuse on Tyler and Bam because Jimmy is not being that number one during the regular season. So you have Tyler and Bam kind of taking turns being the one and two or the one A, one B, however you want to classify it. And I, I'm, I'm going to say this as nice as possible. I don't think either one of them is that guy. And I think that's what this has shown me. It's like they're, these guys have a lot more to go when it comes to their offensive development as shot creators. They're, they, both of them in different ways have struggled with doubles and with traps and uh, kind of passing out of it, even though I think they're both pretty good passers, those are very advanced reads to make. And I think like that type of example, um, this is that's the type of stuff you'd hope they develop while getting all these reps throughout the season. So that when the playoff comes, when they when when Tyler and Bam have to scale down their usage again and Jimmy scales up, even if it's not, you know, last year's Jimmy, I think that's kind of the theory. It's like they're gonna be better for it for all these reps that they've got in the season. We've been begging kind of Tyler and Bam to take that step so that Jimmy doesn't have to do so much and so that he doesn't run out of gas in the playoffs. And now it's happened this season and, and it's kind of an extension of last season. I feel but it's I feel it's happening more this season to 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 more of a, a, a bigger extent because in the second half of last season, Jimmy went crazy. And he had the Jim VP season two seasons before. In the middle there, they were the one seed where Jimmy didn't have to go crazy. I, I feel like this season, if you don't get that Jim VP run, things are not going to change. We know what this team is. Now, things can get better, but I do think, like, the blueprint is the blueprint. You, you, it's, it's Tyler and Bam being your 1A, 1B in the regular season to mix results, right, with the idea that they develop throughout this. And then, you know, back you, you get back to the playoffs and Jimmy does his thing again. It, it's, it, ha it has some faults with it. Like, I don't think either one is where they're supposed to be. They're going to have to keep ironing things out and, and keep, betting, keep getting better with these reads because both of them end up settling for bad shots. And, like, even if it's, Shots that they like, a lot of times are contested middies, whether it's Tyler, whether it's Bam, sometimes a contested floater for Tyler. And I think they've got to be better at involving their teammates when things get hard and, and when Jimmy is not fully engaged. And I think overall, this team needs to be better about constantly moving. I don't think they have the talent to just kind of cruise throughout games at points and being consistent with their, with their movement. They need to be creating stuff off of movement. I think that's what made them such a great offense in that first season. I think that that was they had great spacing. 
They had Goran coming off the bench, and guys were just constantly moving the ball, not to mention the shooting was great throughout the season. You know, Duncan and Tyler weren't exactly on the scouting reports fully all the way. But, yeah, I just think it is what it is right now, and it's not great. Like, when, when the defense is not there, when the defense is just like, you know, two quarters on, two quarters off, which is kind of what happened today, this blueprint is just kind of out the window. I said that I would get off of this, but I, I, I forgot to read this tweet and I did read it on the, on the last episode that we had to take down. So again, not because we said anything bad, but because um, we just had some audio issues uh, earlier today. So there was a tweet at Ernie. It says, you can't, you can say Tyler Hero's name, LOL. We all know, and I wouldn't mind him gone. And the tweet back from Ernie was Tyler didn't have the ball much in his hands today. They're trying to make Terry the ball handler. I like what how Tyler is playing. Agreed. So comment back to him from, from another from another uh, account. What do you think about Bam virtually disappearing on offense? Is that more the team not valuing him as an offensive threat or scheme, or goes along more or less with what you've been kind of saying? Because it's obvious the team ain't going to do bleep unless we make a move in a major way. And Ernie's response was, "How can he disappear when they make it an emphasis to get him the ball every time?" Again, speaking of Bam, not Tyler. I just think the league has figured him out. They know a jumper is coming every time. You don't have to respect it. You'll live with it. And we've talked about the emphasis on the mid-range. Again, Terry Rozier got him a couple of dunks today. There needs to be more of that. This just get to the dotted line. The other thing is Bam's just not as efficient with it as he was previously. It's, it's almost three-fourths of his shot diet now. So it's like, yeah, we wanted right. you to be that, that, that mid-range threat, but it can't be the overwhelming it's majority of what you do. And that's why I I agree with that point there. Not that you don't have to respect it. I think you have to. You can't leave him wide open. I think that's where he's actually like kind of automatic. He doesn't miss those in rhythm open jumpers. I think the problem is he's taking too many of them that are contested now because they're setting up the cross screen for him to kind of you know the post up that's not a post up that turns into a face up and eventually just turns into the pull up because they give they they're they're protecting against the drive and it ends up being kind of contested because it's like the seven footer puts his hand up and it's not really that open and so. Like, he can hit that shot, but I think that's kind of why he's having a year where, like, a lot of people point to his effective field goal percentage. It's like, yeah, he's not a screen and roll big anymore. 70% of his shots, damn near, are coming in the mid-range. And like I said, a lot of them are contested, and I, I agree. I think people know that that's what he wants to get to. It's not a surprise anymore. It's not just guarding against screen and roll. They know that Bam wants to get to that mid. He gets 100% on the scouting report, and he's being guarded like it. Spo told me about three weeks ago that Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo are the two players who've improved most to most, most year to year in this system of anybody that he's coached. Bam needs to make another adjustment now. And I think we need to adjust and focus on a little bit more because I think we've been in some other places. All right, we do want to mention another great sponsor and the one highlight of the night tonight. Our friend Lynette, insurancebylynette.com, 954 581-8800, life insurance, renter's insurance, car insurance. She can get it for you. Also, just a really nice person and a huge Miami Heat fan. You see you hear from her on all of our platforms. Reach out to her again, insurancebylanette.com. Two N's, two T's, and we apologize, Lynette, for you having to listen to the previous episode. Hopefully, we've cleaned it up this time. Our play of the night, it's got to be the Jaime Hawkins uh, block tonight where we kind of saw, okay, he made his presence known again. It was a great play. Um I want to see them go to him more in upcoming games. I, it felt like they were kind of just letting him get his feet wet a little bit. I felt like he was a little more hesitant than he's typically been. Um, he's coming back to a group that has different a different point guard. 
this point. Um, and also with his entire roster healthy. And I'll get to that here before we close. We'll mention our last sponsor, Eric Rubenstein. You can find him at ericrubenstein.com, the personal injury attorney. Slip and falls, car accidents, medical malpractice. He's your guy. Went to St. Thomas University, graduated magna cum laude. He grew up in Lauderhill, so he's a South Florida guy. Another huge Miami Heat fan, but also biggest thing is he can help you get your money. Reach out to him at 877-829-ERIC. It's 877-829-ERIC. Sponsors our injury report, and here's the saddest part of the night. This is how we'll end. They were healthy today. 100% health. Had the full roster, right? And they were bad when it mattered. They were bad in the fourth quarter. And we're just at a stage now where it's like, okay, where is the breakthrough going to come? You've got the Suns on Monday, the Kings on Wednesday. Like, an eight-game losing streak is no joke. Like, that is – that's where most teams do blow it up. Like, we keep talking about when, when they get to the playoffs and Jimmy takes over. Teams that lose eight straight games don't make the playoffs. And that's a, a pivot in the conversation that I don't think we were planning to have particularly with the way they were playing earlier. But I'll let people sit on this overnight because this might be our topic on Sunday. What's the Heat's signature win this year? Have a good night, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.